It's time for The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. There's not one guy, one person in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. Coach Switzer, myself, or Lincoln Riley. And what I told the players is they are the program. Players throughout these decades, they are OU football. Not us as a coach. And you're going to see this is just a little bump in the road. Two years ago today... Bob calmed everyone down, restored order, restored confidence. He would soon hit the recruiting trail, recruit guys like Gavin Sawchuk, Gentry Williams, who were big players for you this year. Two years ago today, the Bob Father is what he was being called after that day. It's one of the more memorable press conference moments, I I think, in, in OU football history. Anytime a new coach is announced, it's a big deal, but... I feel like for a long, long time, dude, that people are going to remember uh, what Bob Stoops said that day on, uh, what, uh, November 29th, 2021. Yeah, I mean, I made T-shirts out of it. We, we replay it often. It was at a time of, I don't know, confusion, um, uncertainty, you know, and he just he just showed up off the golf course and said, put his arms around the entire fan base and said, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. And, he was, and everybody, he was right. And everybody immediately was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we, did, we hadn't considered that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we should have thought of that. When you say it like that, Bob, yeah. When you put it that way, appreciate you, Bob. I don't know if you've thought of this recently. Um, I did before the show today. How crazy of a two years it's been since he said that two years ago today. And I wrote down a few things. I'm sure I'm, I'm going to miss a, a bunch of them. Text line can can add to the list, you can add to the list, but here are just some things that come to mind when I think about the past two years, okay? And of course, you had the the announcement to the SEC before this even happened, but Lincoln leaves, that, that had just happened, Brent Venables hired, Caleb Williams leaves, record-setting spring game crowd, Kale Gundy fired, 6-7, and seven. Peyton Bowen recruiting madness, Big 12 officials, Thad Turnipseed, Texas game this season, Jet Sweeps, OSU debacle, Jeff Levy leaves, Seth Luttrell hired, oh, and then Lincoln uh, Riley lying about break-ins as well. Throw that in there. An SEC schedule was released. There's, there's been a lot over the past two years, and I'm, I'm sure I missed about nine or ten other things. Yeah, I mean – one that stood out to me was the the game at Nebraska where we all thought like Oh buddy. Like that was an emotional moment. I was saying some I was big like, things oh, after that game. We're back. Here we go. We never left. We told you. Like, yeah. It, there I tell you what, man, there's been a lot. I want the text line to kind of jump in too on that. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. And uh that's uh four oh five six five one three four three nine. I want us to get your thoughts as well on things since that speech two years ago that have really stood out. I think Tyler hit on a lot of the highs. There's no doubt about it. But uh, 
But yeah, and and some and some of the lows, obviously. Uh, the David you've Hicks, seen both you know, you of brought them, it, man. You've you've seen on on the recruiting front, on the oh. field, you it's been a roller coaster the past two years, buddy. Man, perfectly balanced, like all things should be. You have bad season, good season. You have bad recruiting drama with Hicks. You got good recruiting drama with Bowen. You've got, I mean, you you've got bad Texas game, good Texas game. You've got good OSU game. You've got bad OSU game. I mean, there's <laughs> there's a there's a lot of it, man. A lot of it. We, uh, you know, the photos that hey, here's this president before he before his four year term. Here's what he looked like after his four year term. <laughs> we as a fan base should have taken before and after photos after just two years and how much we've changed because it's, yeah. it's been that a much of an emotional roller coaster on the field, off the field, with recruiting, the highs and lows. It's there's never been a there's there hasn't been a dull moment the past two years. And you know what? I bet the next two years is probably going to be pretty similar. It's just yeah. not, not a dull moment. Well, now going to the SEC, that place is a circus. Yeah. I mean, not only is the football better. We, I mean, you talk about that. The football's better. But, I mean, Bobby Petrino is back at Arkansas. Beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? Like, like yeah, Jimbo's gone, but A&M's still going to be weird. He's still got Dorkwitz up there in, in Missouri. I mean, you got Brian Kelly faking a – a, a southern accent to try and fit in down in Louisiana. I mean, you got Lane Kiffin, who's always weird. You've got Jeff Levy now joining Zach Selman. Uh, and he shaved his beard. He shaved his neck beard yeah, for getting like, hired. That's all it took. It's just there. It's just a lot going on. You got Stoops, who was going to be in one part of the SEC, but now he's back in his original spot in the SEC. Yeah, there's. There's a, there's a lot going on, man. It's a it's going to be a lot of fun. Lane in California says things since that speech. Cougar tales. Those were excellent. It's a very good Indeed. one, Lane. Uh, Indeed. D, here, here's a real DG flipped from UCLA, and we kind of we forget about that. That DG was in LA. I, like he had what it was like a day or two if he stayed there or actually went to class something that he couldn't transfer to OU. DG was. He was a UCLA Bruin at one point. He was there. Golly, could you imagine if that had happened to us? <laughs> no, not at the not during the same time too. That would have been too much to take. <laughs> it would have been too much to handle. But could you imagine, like, you know, look at our look at our most recent big, you know, transfer quarterback wise, right? Like Jalen Hurts, like coming over and being like, you know, the graphic comes out. He's stoked. We're all like, yeah, man, this is a. This is a good pickup, man. You know, after Kyler, let's see what we got. This guy's won a lot of games. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no. psych. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. Uh, I told you I'd miss some things, things that have happened in the past two years since Bob delivered the address that uh, calmed us all, all down. Pastor Andy from BA, don't forget the Alamo Bowl. Bob coaching, Drake's touchdown. Venables uh, handed Bob the visor at the trophy presentation. That was a big-time moment. That was big. That was big. Uh, Doug Miles, our buddy Doug, says the same thing. Bob uh, coaching the Sooners to a rousing Alamo Bowl victory was unforgettable. Yes. Um, let's see. Multiple Heisman statue unveilings from E. Freaky from yeah. Illinois. 918, start with the spring of 21. The armed robbery, the SEC oh, announcement, God. the Rattler-Williams controversy, the 9-0 record that felt like 2-7, and the Texas comeback, the crazy loss in Stillwater when Riley was likely sabotaging his own team, and then Riley leaving. I'm telling we've we've gone we've been through a lot, guys. Latrell McCutcheon's dad saying, you know, "Oh yeah, blank this yeah. Uh, defensive staff," uh, and then following them. 
Oh, man. We have, we, we have now sur- uh, surpassed Nebraska as the oldest fan base after what we've gone through the past three years. <laughs> right? I know. I aged just on the postgame shows. And, and you know what? We're all, we're all still here together. We're all still here together two years later after uh, Bob said that. Hey, uh, we'll get to more of those texts. It's, 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 a fun, it's a fun topic to have to look back at the past two years. And, yes, how Bob was right that it was just a little bump in the road. I think everyone feels good about the direction that, um, that, that OU's headed right now. Now, there's been controversy. Like, some just haven't loved promoting from within uh, with the OC hires. I feel like that's been more about Joe John than it has been Seth Luttrell. Is that what you've seen from the text line? Is that what you've seen from social media? Because I feel like more people are, okay, I can get into Seth Luttrell being the, one of the co-OCs here. I would agree with that. I think the only people that are hung up on Latrell are, are are doing it for two reasons. A, he, well, he was an analyst, which we went over earlier. It's actually it's a good thing. Um, it's just perception. And two, I keep on seeing his record at North Texas being brought up, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, Tyler, because a head coaching record has nothing to do with how your offense performed. He had a good offense at North Texas. He's had good offenses everywhere he's gone. So his head coaching record, I mean, Will Muschamp's got a similar head coaching record, and he's been a coordinator of back-to-back national champions. I mean, you could go down the list of guys that have made fantastic coordinators and have been about five, you know, five, six hundred coaches. So um, other than that, yeah, I feel most of it is Joe John related, which is kind of odd to get worked up over the the – based on title and title alone, kind of the the second-in-charge OC, if you will. Well, and this wouldn't be the first time that he's been involved with uh, game planning before. I mean, he's – towards the end of his tenure at Missouri, he was doing that a bit. I think he did it for that Missouri and Texas bowl game. Remember the bowl game when Tom Herman was mocking Drew Locke over there on the sidelines? Yeah. He was highly involved in the game plan and the calling of that one. I think even in the Alamo Bowl last year, Joe John was – heavily involved with the game plan um, from, from that last year. Yeah. So he's, I mean, this wouldn't be the first time he's helped out offensively. And really what you're probably going to be concerned about the most or talk about the most is the play caller. And, well, Seth Luttrell is a play caller, and he's been the play caller for, I think, a decade, uh, maybe even a little bit more of that throughout his collegiate career. So I think he's – I think Latrell is more than qualified to be OU's next OC. Is he good at it? Like, how, how good is he in the SEC with the personnel? That, I, I guess we'll see. We'll see if on third and two he likes to run the jet sweep and if he has some things that annoy us as a fan base. Time will tell on that. But is he qualified to be your play caller in a co-OC? I don't, I don't question that with Seth Latrell. That's, that's where I'm at today. Exactly. I think, I think it's all good news. I think people who are – reasonable about how it came to be kind of understand the importance of continuity keeping your offensive staff together keeping your class together keeping your your 25 your 26 commit you know what i mean like the oklahoma has been winning football games for a hundred years at a high clip and part of the reason they've been doing it is because they value continuity there's not a, a, a ton of just sweeping changes made. They they value continuity, and they're going to continue to because it's proven. 918 says, I don't like co-anything. That's from uh, King B. Well, it happens, I think, a, a lot more than some people realize. I mean, I mean, it was co this past year, and what Mike and Brent were co-DCs in the early 2000s. Texas when currently released. has co-off, co-offensive coordinators. Georgia uh, has co-defensive coordinators. 
Um, Alabama in 2018 had co-offensive yeah. and co-defensive coordinators. I mean, it happens a ton. It's not and like Seth Luttrell will say, uh, hey, let's throw it deep here. And Joe John's like, hey, I'm the co-OC here. I, I, say, right. we, I say we run it here. Like, it, it, it'll be Latrell's offense to run. Like Joe Latrell John will be is the involved. offensive coordinator, and yes. Joe John is the co-offensive coordinator. Correct, yeah. There's a reason they have two different titles. And they'll, they'll they'll figure that. I mean, it's just not the first time that we've even seen it around here. So I just I, I don't think that that part is a is a is a huge deal. OU Optimus says I understand Seth Latrell is the OC. Am I wrong? Uh, he his title is offensive coordinator. Correct. Yes. Yeah, and and play call and quarterbacks coach as well. Is anyone concerned with that that he's going to be handling the QBs? I mean, I've, I've seen that a bunch, absolutely. And, and you know, Levy was coaching running backs up until, like, 2018 uh, when he started, and he didn't play the position or he's anything a, like that. He's an alignment. Yeah, and so I, I, I think I think with that, I don't think you need the quarterback whisper or anything like that. I think that's slightly overrated. I think he he's perfectly capable. He's coached multiple positions. I think he can move into that. Um, if I'm not mistaken, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but – did, wasn't Kale coaching wide receivers for the first time, like whenever he made the move out because the running backs were being coached by Demarco? Then, yeah, so then inside he had to move out. wide receiver, wide receivers coach is the the, the right exact because title, Simmons had the other one, yeah. and it was like like that was the first time, and he did great. Like w- once you coach enough offense, like I'm pretty sure you're going to be fine. And then keep in mind, right now JP Lossman's on staff, you know, and he was a first round draft pick in the NFL at quarterback. Um, you know, they could move him into an analyst role and maybe basically give him a pay bump and basically say, Hey, one thing people have to understand is when you see analysts, they usually have like a specialty. So like Xavier Brewer is the senior off senior defensive analyst, but he's the assistant defensive backs coach. Um, like Holacek was helping with quarterbacks, but he was senior offensive analyst, right? Load Holt senior or offensive analyst but he was helping with offensive line so like when you see analyst positions like they have specific uh positions that they work with so if matt wells sticks around and he's you know not off to um a head coaching job then that would make a great you know quarterbacks coach uh i think you've got some options there whether that's a current analyst or an analyst that you bring in and let's be honest if you're not an on-field quarterbacks coach, it's not like Levy was coming down from the booth and working with Dylan on his mechanics in the middle of the game. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot of it is done during practice and whatnot. Um, I, I think it's going to be fine. Good point by Arizona Brooks. I would hope an OC would understand all positions. LOL. Especially a play caller, right? Yeah. A guy that's called a lot of plays that has to communicate with the quarterback. Um, Mason Fine did great under him and attributes his success to Seth Luttrell, so uh, count it as a as a very, very tiny, tiny red flag. And he coached like, uh, Trubisky and Nick Foles, correct? Yep, Trubisky, Foles. Yeah, I mean, it's he's had, he's had success coaching quarterbacks. It's just he's never been a quarterback coach. Jay and, and Ellick, then, uh, co is just a justification for paying Joe John Finley more money. Luttrell is the coordinator. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah I mean, yes, yes. And other responsibilities, I'm sure, that are yeah. going along with that because there are a ton of responsibilities. But, but, but titles, that, that's how this works, right? Like, you'll get pass game coordinator, run game coordinator. You'll get associate head coach of offense. You'll get co-offensive coordinator. Like, it's, 
There are a lot of different titles, and so much of that is just that. It's a title that comes with a pay raise, and it looks really good when they interview for other jobs. Or, like in our case, it looks really good when you get promoted from within because I completely believe that Seth Luttrell likely is going to get head coaching looks again, especially if he has success in this role. And guess what? You move Joe John Finley into that role after being co-OC for a while, and guess who your associate head coach of offense is sitting there waiting? Oh, by God, that's Emmett Jones sitting there probably. And then you can move him in, and you just kind of always like have a uh, like a like a farm system essentially of your own, saying, "Hey, look, this is the order of things. You go from associate head coach of offense to co-OC to OC to head coach. It is what it is." If the offense is bad next year. If they have a terrible play call on third and two, or if they have a three and out when they're ch- you got a chance to end the game, at least I don't think Travis. I don't think Twitter and the post game show and the text line will be, well, God, if we didn't hire Joe John as the other offensive, the co OC right there, then that play goes different. Um, Seth Latrell is going to catch all the heat next year if things go wrong on the offense. He'll get all the credit most likely, but he'll also catch all the blame if anything goes wrong offensively. Yeah, probably yeah. not Joe John next year, unless it's the tight ends, of course. That then he'll get the blame. But otherwise, it'll it'll be on Seth Latrell. He's the play but, caller. But if we, you know, if Devon Mitchell balls out next year, if Caden Helms balls out next year, you know, if if really anybody else balls out next year, or or a transfer portal guy balls out next year, then we better give Joe John his roses. No, it's all <laughs> Seth Latrell for calling the plays for the tight end. Exactly. That's how it work. 405-651-3439. A lot of text to get to, a lot of OU football to get to as well right here on The Ref. This is The Ref Sports Radio Network. Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? We are constantly receiving new inventory and have a wide selection of Silverados and SUVs. Well, it was unbelievable because, uh, you know, I, I got to uh, be a part of a team that um, from the time I was a freshman to a senior, uh, going, uh, I think it was 4-8 uh, and eight my, my freshman year uh, to 13-0 and my senior year. Um, you know, it took a lot of hard work, um, obviously, um, getting guys in the right right spot, um, how, to, how to build a team, um, how to build that chemistry throughout a team. And uh, there's a fine line between going 4-8 and eight and 13-0, and, and it's a very fine line. And at the end of the day, uh, just getting people on the same page and making sure we're all pulling the rope in the same direction. So uh, it was an unbelievable experience, and it was an experience that uh, you know has taken me, uh, that has helped me throughout my career and uh, moving on forward. So hopefully it'll help uh, help here too. There's your new play caller, Seth Luttrell, talking about winning a national championship at OU in 2000. Not great his freshman year, but he ends his career with a national championship, uh, with that 13-2 win over Florida State. Which, by the way, my new favorite uh, photo on Twitter is the uh, close-up of him on the TV broadcast where he's standing out there for the coin toss, and he's just all locked in, ready to go, man. I'm sure that you've seen that, many others as well, but it's pretty awesome. I think it was was Mark Aduck who put it out last night, and he was like, um, you know, something to watch uh, is going from – an offensive coordinator with zero chin to one that's made up entirely of chin. <laughs> uh, something, something to watch. <laughs> and maybe some chaw in there as well, you know. Oh yes, oh yes, for sure. He's always he's always got a got a lip of it in there, and it's it's curious. It looks like he's actually dipping. I know uh, some others have chosen to go the smokeless tobacco route in the Zen form, but uh, 
Yeah, it's uh, yeah, he's the he definitely looks like a football guy. There's no doubt about oh, that. Oh yeah, totally. And don't tell me this place isn't SEC ready. If they have two OCs, one Joe John, and the text line is pointed <laughs> out, that's an that's an SEC ready name right there. Joe John, yep. two names, and then your play caller could be on the sideline dipping the entire game, spitting after first downs, uh, dude. You can't compete with that in the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you what, man, chess not checkers. Chess not checkers. Yeah, that's that's what's going on right now. Brandon in Blanchard on the text line says, my favorite scenario. Oh, here we go. Okay, this is for championship Ooh, okay. weekend. My favorite scenario is Texas beating the crap out of Oklahoma State because that would be a nice middle finger to the Big 12. And then Alabama beating Georgia and getting in the playoffs over Texas. That's kind of like hoping both teams lose, right? Yeah, so I I am not wholly convinced that Alabama just gets in the playoff over Texas. Uh, they'll have that head-to-head win, which is as solid of an argument, especially it being in Tuscaloosa, as solid of an argument as you can make. Obviously, you know, beating Georgia is more far more impressive than beating Oklahoma State. You know, the losses would be better as well, so... Alabama would have better losses or better loss, better win, and they're Bama, so they typically kind of get the benefit of the doubt. But Texas would have that head-to-head. I would much rather, in that scenario, Georgia win and Florida State win and Washington win and Michigan win. So there's quite literally no argument that can be made for Texas. They just have to sit there and take it. Yeah, isn't it great? Like with as much hype as Texas always gets in the offseason – and as much hype and love as they were getting this year, and then they win the game at Alabama, their only loss happens on a touchdown with less than, what, 30 seconds left. Isn't it crazy the committee's putting them behind a Ohio State team who just lost? I, I, I guess I always thought if we ever got to this day, and the decade of suck was long, but if we ever got to this day, oh, a one-loss Texas who's a conference champ, they'll be all over that. And you're right, you said it earlier, and it's correct. The rankings that we've seen up to this point don't matter. The only set of rankings that matter is the ones that coming out on Sunday, but the Texas Love Fest and the rankings hasn't really been there all year long. It's interesting. I mean, if I would have told you at the beginning of the year that Texas was a one-win conference champion, you probably would have said they were the two-seed or the three-seed. Definitely easily in. Yeah, I mean, in, yes, but probably easily in. Yeah, comfortably in. Yeah, like I said – there's no way you can put them in over an undefeated, and it is on the table that there are four undefeateds in the Power Five, and Texas is the only one sitting there with one loss. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah, it is gorgeous. 405 with an empty coaching spot still available. Who are they looking to get? Well, in terms of on the field coaches, there's not. Um, yeah, there's not a yeah, spot. Yeah, Latrell was off the field, or, you know, it was an analyst. Now he's a co OC coaching the quarterbacks, calling plays. So there's, there, I mean, there's a spot. For another analyst, if you want. I think there's a spot for as many analysts as you want, essentially. And and maybe they get another one, but all, your on-field roles are filled up. Unless someone else is going to Mississippi State, but it doesn't feel like that, Travis. Um, or unless Ted Roof retires at the end of the season, which I guess his contract's up. Well, and, and honestly, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, if Ted Roof retires, I think you – probably promote let's see the co-defensive coordinator right now uh, with the there are two of them that's what's weird you've got a defensive coordinator and then i think you have two co-defensive coordinators under him 
So I think it's Brandon Hall and Jay Belai. So is it possible you tap, you know, Brandon Hall to be defensive coordinator, Jay Belai to be co-defensive coordinator, and then you would need a linebacker coach, and you might just promote James Skalski to be the linebacker coach. We talked that in postgame, yeah. So, again, you're back to Oklahoma filling their analyst roles with people who, you know, can step up and be full-time coaches eventually. Uh, I know that wouldn't be a hire that would be as sexy as some want, um, but, hey, Brandon Hall's done a heck of a job, and he had Troy as one of the best defenses in the country whenever he was in charge there. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it, if, you, if, it, you, if you don't like continuity, you might have a, a bad time here at Oklahoma. It's definitely an, an if, like if Roof retires, if right, Roof's right. not here. Uh, it, it, here's the thing, if they were to elevate Skalski is, yeah, he, he's your linebacker's coach. Guess who else is coaching the linebackers all next year and here moving forward? Yeah, the head coach, he's going to be involved in that as well, you know? And and Skalski and Brent Venables, yeah, that's a – and especially on the recruiting side. I I know we we missed out on some linebackers in this cycle that kind of had people scratching their head a little bit, but, I mean, one of them was lost because of a young dynamic – younger dynamic recruiter in James Laurinaitis. Like – if you can get a guy like James Skalski to be, you know, heavily involved in a lot of linebacking recruiting, I think you're going to do pretty well, especially in the Southeast. You do have four departures, off-field departures, um, that are going to Mississippi State. Phil Lodeholtz, Tanner Schaefer, Matt Holacek, and Benton Doobie uh, will be going to Mississippi State. Those are the names that we know of as of now. So Paul Doobie will be staying in Norman. <laughs> Thank God. That's the Doobie I was concerned. Uh, yeah. I- yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he may so be in the, Mississippi tomorrow, knowing him. I mean, he travels he, all over the place. He might be, but he will not be staying. He will be returning uh, to Norman, Oklahoma. But, yeah, I mean, the staffer's going. You know, that's at a place like Oklahoma, you should be able to, you know, get some more. I mean, look at how we ended up with Matt Wells, former head coach, right? And Seth Luttrell, former head coach, right? I mean, you can – if you're Oklahoma and you – you know, another benefit of, of promoting from within is you're going to attract better analysts and better position coaches because they'll say, oh, man, I don't have to leave in order to accomplish my goals. That's one thing about Brennan Marion, and I know he played at Tulsa. He's on a meteoric rise, but he's been at 12 different schools in the last 13 years, and part of that is because he had to leave schools to advance, and that's something you don't have to do at Oklahoma Typically, right? If yeah. you are balling out and if you are really, really good, you will be given the opportunity to advance from within. And that's why I think Oklahoma will have a really, really easy time attracting quality analysts and attracting quality position coaches when they become available. I agree with Cherokee Sooner. Joe John does need to grow out his hair again and maybe just go uh, hatless there on the sideline with the curls that he used to, to have here, the, the, <laughs> the shaggy haircut. Um, by the way, is, is Lodeholt going to be the O-line coach? Is he leaving to be the O-line coach? Is he going to be in a support staff role again? Has that been decided? It would It would make sense uh, for him to be an uh, um, offensive line coach. I mean, yeah. he's been, been under beating bow a little bit. And, like, we keep talking about, like, why would you go to Mississippi State over Oklahoma? Phil Lodeholt is a, you know, decorated alum of University of Oklahoma, I don't think he goes there just to 
I don't think so an analyst. I, just, I think he goes there to be an offensive line coach. Yeah, maybe Tanner Schaefer is going to be the quarterback's coach there. I mean, Levy's obviously going to have a hand in that. But I would think, man, especially Lode Holtz, um, probably not going to go there unless he has a uh, a full-time assistant role uh, left, which good luck to all those guys. Uh, I, I think they're, they're going to need it. Their road schedule next year in the SEC. You probably heard us talking about it earlier in the week. But uh, it is it is not easy. They're what they're at Ole Miss, they're at Texas, they're at Georgia, and they're at Tennessee in Levy's first year in the SEC. Oh boy! Oof. I mean, but you know, Mississippi State is one of those schools we talked about. They move down on the on the rungs, right? When OU and Texas, you know, get there, it's Mississippi State. I think they've had what three ten win seasons in their history. Is that right, Tyler? So, 98, they played in the SEC championship game. I would guess that was a 10-win season. And then Dax last year, they, of course, were the number one team to start the play. I think they had a 10-win season under him. So, yeah, that, that may be right. Yeah, I think they've only had three all-time. I, I could be wrong. It, it's it's definitely not many more than that. Um, so, you know, for one thing, it's good for Levy. The expectations aren't that you're supposed to go and win the SEC every year. But at the same time, you know, that you you move down the ladder a little bit, and those games, Levy's gonna. Oof, you better hope that run game gets going because that East and West isn't gonna work against those athletes. He's not gonna be able to get no, a walk on no. uh, on a on a jet sweep around no. to the edge. I promise you. That. By God, he'll try though. He's gonna try. <laughs> he'll try. Uh, softball, Steve. <laughs> has Levy got a quarterback at Mississippi State, or is he, or is he looking? There's a few out there, or will he steal Michael Hawkins? Uh, Michael Hawkins? Nah, he, no, no. Does no. he have a quarterback there? Well, Will Rogers, the quarterback last year, uh, really for the past couple of years, is in the portal. Levy needs a quarterback to answer your question, softball Steve. Yeah, I mean, there are a bunch in the portal. Again, not anything crazy, but, I mean, he's going to have somebody that is going to go there and put up numbers, I'm sure. But, no, JFA is safe. Um, Hawkins is safe. Zerbrug's safe. You know, I guess the people talk about Dylan Gabriel maybe going, but I think Dylan's, I think Dylan's best move is probably to go ahead and take his best opportunity to get to the league now. Um, but yeah, sure, Levy will shoot a shot though with Dylan. Do you Gabriel think he can get Will Rogers to come back? Um, that depends on what the NIL offer is. I'm sure you know. Well, and, and Levy was heavily involved in the NIL here. There's no doubt about that. You know, look no further than Walter Rouse. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think Will Rogers might have said, hey, look, I'm going to enter the portal because he didn't know who the heck was going to be coaching him and might as well be in the portal and hearing offers and things like that. And then, I don't know. I, I think Will Rogers would, would do fine under him. I mean, he's, what, the second-leading SEC uh, passer of all time, I think, career-wise. Yeah. Well, it, it probably comes down to, does Levy think he can get someone better, you know? And, and maybe he can't. I don't know. And if he can't, I'm, I'm sure that they will definitely – I'm sure he's, you know, tr- try to contact Dylan Gabriel or will contact Dylan Gabriel when it's legal, whatever. But if, if not Gabriel, then, yeah, they, they, they could – I could see a scenario where they try to get Will Rogers back. Yeah, for sure. But, again, it yeah. probably comes down to the NIL offer with a lot of these guys that are uh, – that are in the portal right now. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More OU football next right here on The Ref. Sooner football talk lives here. This is The Ref. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. 
GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. Make a dash for any unclaimed cash at 12.30 a.m., and you could walk away with $7,000. So make a dash for the cash at Apache Casino Hotel, where you always win the most. See Players Club for full details. What a great player. He's been consistent throughout. And you know what? Look back and look at all the open field tackles he's made. I've, I've been oh, so yeah. scared on some of these uh, outside plays, and I'm like, oh, man, he, that's one-on-one. That's going to be hard. And then he gets them down. So he's he's been incredible. I've been a defensive coordinator and a secondary coach. Those those plays are not easy, and, and he's made a ton of them. Bob Stoops on with us yesterday talking about Billy Bowman. Snubbed, not a Thorpe finalist, but he was named first team All-Big 12 today. Along with Dylan Gabriel, Drake Stoops, and Danny Stutzman. So, four Sooners named to the first team there. Second team, you had uh, Ethan Downs and Andrew Rame named on the second team. By the way, we do have conference championship weekend in college football coming up here. Are you sensing much madness, or are you going chalk? I, I like Oregon to take care of Washington. I, I kind of feel like Oregon might win that one easy on Friday night. What say you? Yeah, I mean, obviously. They're really good. Obviously, Michigan is going to dog walk Iowa. That's the one I'm most confident in. Um, when it comes down to Oregon-Washington, it's just what Michael Penix shows up because that offense, it feels like relies on just him, you know, winging the ball to one of his multiple very talented receivers. If those guys can win one-on-ones, then I have no doubt that Washington can go win that game. But Oregon has been playing very good football, and part of me thinks that if Oregon wins – Texas gets in over them, so I'll be pulling. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Oklahoma State and Texas, that spreads up to 14 and a half, I believe, maybe 15 in some spots. OSU just has started slow here the past two weeks. They can't do that against Texas because they won't erase an 18-point halftime deficit this time around. I think Texas controls it early, controls it often, and this is probably not really ever much of a game. I think Texas could win this game by three scores. Yeah, I don't think it's going to – I just don't think OSU matches up really well because Texas's run defense as of late has been very good, and they're going to throw all they have at Ollie Gordon and say, all right, Alan Bowman, go ahead. You, you've got you've to outduel our offense. Go for it. And I'm not, I'm not sure that they can. I think OSU is best whenever Ollie, Gard, Ollie Gordon can start getting those chunk runs and run downhill and – I just don't think they're going to do that against Texas. We get a root for the old SMU Mustangs on Saturday afternoon. They're in the uh, American Championship game. That could give Heck OU yeah. its – well, it probably already is its second-best win. But SMU could be an 11-win football team if they beat uh, – if they win at Tulane on uh, Saturday. Man, I think I said that after that game. I think I'll have to go back and look at my Growboy articles because I was like – I mean, I, I think I picked them to win 10 or 11 games, so – yeah, that's a good win. Of course I'll be rooting for SMU. I've been rooting for SMU all year. Make that win look better and better, baby. I am taking Georgia over Alabama. I think the spread's six and a half. It opened up at four and a half. Uh, Bama's played a lot better football throughout the second half of the season. Feels like they've figured it out offensively, but Georgia's just a machine right now. And 
I think they'll show up, play one. It just feels like when you get Georgia's attention, and I guess the same can be said about Alabama, but Georgia's the more talented team. You get their attention. I feel like they play their best football. I don't think Georgia just totally wipes the floor with Bama. I think it's going to be a close game, but I, I, I do like Georgia to, to beat Alabama and win the SEC. Yeah, I mean, do you not think that Auburn had Alabama's full attention? Well, I, because it's the I, Iron I, Bowl. I, yeah, I, keep on t- I don't know. All these, all these SEC fans keep telling me that that's the best rivalry in the sport, so um, they they had better have had their full attention, and they, you know, almost coughed that one up. So, yeah, I like Georgia in that one. Again, part of it is, I think, I think our best chance at our holy grail of – of fun that an OU fan can have this offseason. Um, I think Georgia's got to win that ball game. Louisville and Florida State's the hardest one to pick. Uh, I mean, I think Florida State's got the better overall roster. They just don't have their their, their quarterback playing. Louisville got beat by Kentucky last week. Um, I just, I, I'm still I'm going to I'm going to take Florida State by a field goal in a close game. I still think that they're better in so many other spots outside of quarterback than Louisville. I'll take FSU. To make the playoff and win the ACC. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree. I mean, they're, like you said, Jordan Travis losing him, obviously big time. Um, but they're just, they're, they're talented all over the place. Norvell has done a fantastic job in the portal. Uh, he's recruited pretty well, but, I mean, really that portal was good. Obviously, Jared Burst, guys like that, playmakers. You've got Keon Coleman. Like, they, they've got a good roster, man. And Jordan Travis being out, if they were playing anybody else, like I'm not picking them to win a playoff game, no, but I think no, they, no, no, I no. think they beat Louisville. Yeah, and and maybe that was a that was a big moment for them last week. But they get down twelve nothing at Florida in the swamp. That place was going crazy. Yeah, and they figured out a way to win, and I think win pretty pretty comfortably there in the second half. Yeah, maybe. well, they outscored Florida seventeen to three in the second half. So I mean, yeah, including ten nothing in the fourth quarter. So. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that Florida State has the the leftover talent after a Jordan Travis injury, and who knows? Maybe there's a little bit of that, you know, rah rah, you know, we're playing for for Jordan type situation going on, and uh, and they make the playoff. Fair point by Mike in Springfield. I haven't rooted for SMU since they stole our running back Eric Dickerson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very that, fair. That's there, a great point. Uh, CBS has grades for coaching hires, and not every single hire has been filled at this point. They give Mike Elko a B plus at Texas A and M. Good with that? Too high? Too low? Um, I think that I think that Texas A and M made the right hire, but I I don't know. I he, he's keeping the roster together, so I think he's got to at least get a B just based on that because. That was the one guy you could have hired that had the best chance of just keeping all that talent on the roster. So yeah, I, I would give him yeah B. On it was that so hire. unflashy. Just for that, I want to give him an A plus. But since well, but they messed around un- with Mark Stoops the way that they right. did, then I want to knock him back like back to his C minus. Part of it was unflashy because I don't think they were getting the response that they had hoped. Yeah, probably with that job coming on the market because there was word that uh, a couple other. You know, head coaches have turned them down, or at least rumored that they had. Like A and M, the way people talk about the A and M job, you know, especially some of the uh, people in the industry, um, you would think that they would have people lining up 
but apparently that wasn't the case. Jonathan the market, Smith. The market said otherwise. Jonathan Smith gets an A plus going from Oregon State to Michigan State, and the way that Oregon State's been playing football the past two years, if it's not an A plus, it's an A for me. That was a really good hire for Sparty. Nice job. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, did a good job, and you know, thanked everybody on the way out. Did his little. Uh, I like, and the reason I bring that up is because he did it on. He didn't have an edit or anything. He did it on the uh, the notes app. Oh, even better. Yeah. Yeah. A-plus for that. Levy gets a C, according to CBS. Just an average grade. Interesting, because I know that weren't they – I believe they tried to hire Chadwell. Um, I think James Willie Chadwell, Fritz from Tulane, Willie too. Fritz from yeah. Tulane. You and I were talking about that. So, again, not the first option. Here's my issue, and I got, I got nothing against Jeff Levy. But if your first time – Hire. This is Zach Selman's first hire as athletic director. So you have to kind of play it safe, right? Like, what's the worst possible outcome? Well, if Jeff Levy goes in there and loses a bunch of games, well, then you're at Mississippi State. You guys, that's what you do is lose a bunch of games. And that's fine. You say, okay, cool. That didn't work. Let's hire somebody else, this, that, or the other. They're not paying him some, you know, ridiculous amount of money or anything like that. So it's not like, you know, Selman's, oh, I screwed up. Sorry, everybody, we're on the hook for this crazy amount of money. The problem is, is if you lose and Art Bryles is on the sideline every game and yeah, it becomes yeah. a distraction because if you're if you're winning and you go and beat Bama and you do all this and he's down there, it's a, well, it's his father-in-law. He was already a little bit defiant about it. When he was at Oklahoma saying, hey, that's my family, you know, they're going to be on the field, and, you know, it is what it is. When it's his program now and he's the head coach, I mean, Zach's going to have to put his foot down and say, hey, man, this. this I'm sure there was an understanding of that during the uh, during the hiring process, if I, would, well, if I had to guess. I mean, Joe, some people would say Joe C. thought well, he had an understanding well, with him. Well, I think that's why, why he process. was so pissed after it happened earlier <laughs> this year. Final segment of the day coming up next. Sooner Football Talk lives here. This is The Ref. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra, not just any truck, the truck. GMC's continued commitment to